We're I was so happy again. about saying fuck yes, I forgot about <laughs> the rest of the intro. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so fuck yes, welcome to After the Hype with me as your host as always, Brian Dressel. With me as always is Jonathan Hardesty. Hi. Do better. It's going to be a regular thing now. Hold on, I can't hear myself. Who cares if you can hear yourself? The people can hear you. Howdy. Okay, that'll work. <laughs> Chewy Darso. Chainsaw or fart? <laughs> that is the question. <laughs> No, it's not. <laughs> What's Ryan the answer? James. I am present. Uh, and then coming back from our Sing Street episode, we have Sean Carney back. Dollhouse or Chainsaw? <laughs> that is the question. Dollhouse. What's up? <laughs> <laughs> and then we have new first-time guest, Justin Meyer here. Yes, hello. Uh, how you guys doing? Good. How are you? Justin, that was... That was quite scary. Sultry. I thought, That's yeah, I was going to say sultry. sultry too. It felt <laughs> sultry. Sultry. Yeah. He's going the Dracula route. Oh, yes. Where you That's do right. the, the mysterious, you could, uh, sexy the mysterious thing. Mysterious hello. You could sell anybody teleportation. Yeah. <laughs> I could do with more of that. <laughs> uh, okay, so we're going to start with a uh, really quick set of plugs. So you guys can say where people can find you, uh, where they can follow you, where they can stalk you, send you dick pics, whatever. All Whoever wants to go first. Above. Yeah. Uh, Justin, what about you? Do you have stuff going on? People can find you. I have uh, lots of stuff going on. Um, I don't, not really a big, huge presence in social media as you might think, but um, I do have an Instagram and I do have a Facebook, uh, which I'm sure you can hunt down somewhere. But uh, I am the creative director for 1031 Productions, and we do the Los Angeles Haunted Hayride and the New York Haunted Hayride and the Great Horror Campout in the summertime. So you can check us out online at. Uh, 1031productions.com. Awesome. Is that a uh, haunted hayride going through Halloween weekend? Can people still go? Yes, they absolutely can. It goes through the 31st, uh, both cities, New awesome. York and LA. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, this comes out Thursday, so Halloween will be this upcoming Monday. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah, so mm. just in time Good. to go get on a hayride ride, which I have not done since I was like 16. Yeah, nice. we're the only one in LA. I oh, nice. Oh, nice. Yeah. Uh, Griffith Park's Old Zoo. Full touching? Uh, that's our great horror camp out. Oh, okay. We do that. But no, not for the hayride. Cool. I don't like to be question. touched on, on haunted houses, so <laughs> I actually asked that one before I go to any. <laughs> Is that a thing? Like, yeah. Yeah. The ex- they can touch you. The extreme haunts. Right. Yeah. In our great horror camp out, we tie you up, we bind you. Oh, we my God. Put Wait, you really? In co- yeah, we put you in coffins, we bury you alive. We talked about oh doing God, this, honey. What? We talked about yeah. doing it once, and then you we and I do. both decided that we wouldn't be able to not punch anyone. Yeah. Oh, do you ever get we punched? Dry- oh, yes. I've been headbutted <laughs> and punched. <laughs> I'm, not even, I'm not even one of the monsters. Oh, my God. <laughs> happens to me in auditions, for God's sake. <laughs> It's like the instinct to defend myself, even though I know technically it's oh, not yeah. real. But right. we've seen so many movies where sometimes it is real. Yeah. And we even like if to, you sign up for it to be fake, it could still be real. <laughs> we love to separate the couples, too. So if you come as a couple, no, you will you would it. probably oh. not end up together. No I, want to I would be so upset. No that sounds exciting. <laughs> Do you get mad at the people who punch you, or is it kind of like, eh, we kind of asked for it, we did tie you up? It all depends. I mean, like, you know, if it's malicious, obviously we kick them out. Yeah. But if it's if it's accidental, which happens, you if know, it's like happens. an accidental fight or flight, like, oh, oh, I didn't yeah. mean to do that. Yeah, it's uh, we take it case by case. But no, we don't like it. Yeah. <laughs> Let me put it out there in the world. We don't like it. Punching, not encouraged. Yeah. Ryan knows from experience that I can be playing, 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 and then once things happen, and then suddenly you're kicked in the face. Yeah, <laughs> I have gotten kicked in the face. Yeah. What kind of context is that in? Uh, it was, uh, hey, we should go get something to dinner. No, I want to sleep. I'm like, I'm going to drag you off this bed. And she's like, ah, kick in the face. <laughs> it's involuntary. Suddenly my, it just, just kicks in. escalated quickly. You it really did. lost the size. Involuntary. Though I learned early in our relationship that the way to get Brian to involuntarily hurt me is to try to take his wallet. I'm protective of my money. 
<laughs> it's the first time. Witches get stitches if they go after my money. That was quite the bloody nose. Oh, damn. That was an accident. I did not mean to elbow her in the face. <laughs> You're why did you hit, in the why did you We're very reactionary people. You <laughs> mean to. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you doing Audience that? Audience can't see it, but home. there's air quotes out the yeah. wazoo. Yeah. There's a lot, a lot going there's on. There's not air quotes. <laughs> Brian just they're got missing. They're missing all. Finger. They're just missing all of it. That was a great <laughs> verbal cue of air quotes. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, definitely was. How about Sean? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Stuff going on, Justin. That sounds fantastic. By the way, yeah. um, <laughs> stuff going on. I uh, I got a show coming up. I guess this Sunday, the thirtieth. Okay. Um, at a it's a burlesque show. Um, oh. It's like a Halloween theme kind of thing. And uh, I'm playing with my uh, comedy rock ensemble, uh, Miscellaneous, the band. And uh, we're just uh, going to play, you know, a bunch of tunes. It's going to be super fun. Um, it's at the Lexington. And I believe it starts around 9 p.m. Awesome. Scare your pants off. <laughs> Literally. Yeah. 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 No, don't take your pants off. But keep your underwear on. Keep your pants off. Don't take your pants off. Don't take your pants off. No punching, no stripping. And that's a no touching thing. (laughs) In case you were wondering. Touching not encouraged. Because we're talking about touching. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Uh, And then for us, of course, ATHpodcast at gmail.com. If you want to email us after the hype on Facebook, ATH underscore podcast on Twitter and everywhere else, ATH podcast. And please go on iTunes, download, subscribe, rate and review us. Yes. Rate and reviews would be very, very helpful. We greatly appreciate it. And of course... I always say the email address, but please do send us thoughts, questions. If you have a movie that you really want us to do and we just haven't done it throughout all of film, yeah, let us know. We are happy to cover anything. And we'll give you full credit for picking the movie. Yeah, I, I will definitely do that. Yep. Unless it's a really good choice, and then fuck you, I will take full credit for picking <laughs> your movie. No matter what you send us, we'll claim that it was on our schedule the whole time. Yep. This is Hollywood. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's a great idea. It's mine now. We're, We're here to steal you. you. Yeah. <laughs> We're here to steal your ideas. Yeah, that's what I mean... Use them. Yeah. I mean, take them I away mean, from me. Give I me mean, credit for it. Get credit for your idea. <laughs> this is not working for me. I mean, fuck you is what we're saying. <laughs> it's a homage. We've forgotten your name at this point. Yeah. <laughs> we'll pay homage to your suggestion. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we'll say thank you after we stop recording. <laughs> uh, okay, so let's do a quick where we've been doing before we hop into this uh, final battle for the month. Uh, Justin, you want to go first? Well, I, uh, I just started using Voodoo for the first time, believe it or not. The online streaming service? The online streaming service. Oh God, yeah. I thought you meant like real voodoo. <laughs> no, I, I've been, I I've been practicing voodoo. Well, I had this great place for you all to go. But that's why he has so many burn marks from all the wax. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, you got a lot of burn marks. <laughs> that's why they call it practicing I really do have a lot of burn marks. There you go. Um, but yeah, no, I, I, the, it's, I know it seems really weird, but uh, I'm just catching up, I think. But um, I've been using that service, and I've been downloading movies like crazy, and watching a lot of anything in particular stuff. that you've uh, watched recently liked oh let's see um yeah the um uh, i just started i just saw uh has anybody seen deathgasm yet Mm-mm. Mm-mm. no it's like a new zealand horror film i've heard of it i've um, not seen it yeah it's like a homage to like uh feels like uh, dead alive uh, oh, okay like yeah. sort of throwback to dead alive and uh it's uh got that awesome new zealand humor and super gory really really fun uh it's got a whole influence of like heavy metal as well so oh, it's, cool it's cool. a lot of fun that's a good one to check out awesome, awesome. sounds yeah. fantastic sean what about you uh guys to be honest with you i've uh <laughs> i have already started like really engulfing myself in christmas music oh. already oh. which oh, is crazy i'm i'm doing this uh caroling group and i've i've been spending like 24 7 like 
Actually, Justin, as as I rolled up, I was like, I had food in my mouth, and I had like silver bells playing in the background, an acapella <laughs> arrangement of it. I've been I've been working on this uh, this book for uh, for this this uh, Carolyn group, and and the music's like incredible and and pretty pretty difficult too. Uh, it's called the Good Time Carolers, and uh, in, around Christmas time, if if anybody's interested in, you know trying to get a Carolyn group to a party <laughs> you know this is, this is a cool thing i know it's like october it's not even uh, halloween yet it's crazy <laughs> i know i already shot my christmas episode did you yeah nice I mean, it makes sense we've already we're prepping for valentine's day as long as you're not airing the christmas episode right now, yeah yeah that, that'd yeah, be the exactly. that's where we cross the line as long mm. as you don't do the cool thing community did where they filmed all these holiday episodes and then got pushed six months so their valentine's day episode was airing at october yeah <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> Sounds awful. Yeah. Uh, Ryan, what about you? Uh, all right, I'll I'll go back to uh, let's take a trip down to Ryan's Comic Corner. Ryan's today. Comic Corner. Even though it's like Ryan's Comic. Kind of a- there, there's lotion and there's paper towels and there's no, a wastebasket. No, and different no. corner. Different He's a really bad shot. <laughs> no, I keep my comics nice. They're bagged and boarded. I don't get them wet with anything. Uh, That's not saying the things aren't there. <laughs> You're right. That's just saying that you're careful. You are you're spot right. on. I, I lubricate He's well spot before on I as comics. well. <laughs> it's actually kind of a boring week in comic books. Um, in Marvel, a little bit, uh, they were doing some like kind of in betweeners, some filler. Uh, the Amazing Spider-Man came out, and they kind of just explained what has been happening to Doctor Octopus's consciousness since the end of Superior Spider-Man. Um, Spider-Gwen came out, and it was like a, a little monster mash episode. It was uh, Spider-Gwen and the Mary Janes meet Mysterio, and it's kind of like a little fun haunted theme park romp. Um, uh, uh, kind of upsettingly in Marvel, uh, what has happened over the summer again is their main event, Civil War II, has been delayed so much that they have now started the, the fall relaunch of their titles, so there's a huge spoiler in uh, the series out called um, Infamous Iron Man for what happens to Tony Stark at the end of their major summer event, which will not play out until December or January. So, man, Marvel, get on your game. It's really rough. Um, that's all I it's have to say. It's very upsetting. I don't know. It's really yeah. upsetting. The, the book is kind of promising, but with that whole like spoiling your major summer event looming over it is... I don't know what to do with it. No, not to go down the rabbit hole, but do we know why it's been delayed so far? Is it just the art, or is it like Brian hasn't I, done... I didn't... I don't think it's Brian. I yeah. did read a little bit that the uh, the artist had left for some family matters, oh, okay. which is understandable, but I I would rather them replace him yeah. and finish it with someone else. That makes sense. Yeah. Or, you know, get, a far, get far enough ahead in the game that uh, they can catch up, or don't, like reboot with major consequences every fall just give us some cool ongoing stories they don't all have to be intertwined like that but yeah uh mm-hmm. if you want to avoid spoilers skip ahead a little bit um the international or the infamous iron man is promising to be really cool because victor von doom uh is putting on the iron man suit hmm. and much like when dr octopus took the, the form of spider-man Doom thinks he can be a better hero than Iron Man is filling those roles. Doom thinks he can do something better than somebody else? That doesn't sound like him. (laughs) (laughs) I am the best hero. He's he's one of my favorite villains, so this could be really cool. He's one of the Marvel's best characters just in general. Yeah. And then in other Marvel news, I don't know how I feel about this. They're putting uh, Riri Williams is is becoming the new Invincible Iron Man. She also gets an Iron Man costume because you get one and you get an Iron Man and you get to be Iron Man. (laughs) But uh, they've pulled... 
one of your favorites, Mr. Scott Campbell's cover of her oh. for being too sexual. So he's losing some money on that. I'm sure oh, he's gosh. fine. She's the character is 16, and he he let me see what he drew is. her yeah, with actually, her midriff showing because <gasps> no 16 year olds do that in real life. No, I live like, by Burbank High School. Kind of they posing. sure fucking do. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was it called Iron Man or what was the comic called? Yeah, exactly? J. Scott Campbell Invincible Iron Man cover. That's too bad. I mean, I'm sure he's fine. I think so. Uh, well, while Chewie's looking that up, we'll move on to John. No, I can say my word. Oh, okay. Ryan's comic book yeah. corner. <laughs> um, <laughs> we uh, need to talk to you afterwards to Actually, come up with a theme song for it. Done. Just did. I already did. <laughs> need you to record it. And we have it recorded. We're good. <laughs> um, it ends with a clap. Yep. <laughs> One of the things Brian and I just recently did, uh, last weekend actually, but um, we went to a recording of How Did This Get Made? Oh, yeah. Uh, oh. And that was a lot of fun. Uh, we realized that we do not necessarily like the venue. Uh, no, the I, Logan? Where? Or Rosie? Uh, Largo. Yes, the, the Largo. Of course. It's uh, got sorry. great atmosphere, but the seats suck. <clears throat> and the air conditioning yeah, stopped working at one point Real classic the show. theater seating. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. It's a really cool place to see one show. Yeah. But, I didn't go. I've been there. I've yeah. seen comedy shows there that are really great. Stand-up there is great. I saw a Stuffed and Unstrung there, which is fantastic. It's Blue Comedy Muppets. Oh, yeah, I've heard of that. Mm. But so, yes, we went to see uh, How Did This Get Made? And the movie that they chose to, for us to watch beforehand was Gamer. Uh, and so fucking bad. The funny thing was, is that Brian and I had previously seen Gamer when oh, we decided no. to have a Ger- Gerard Butler night. Uh, and I'm pretty sure we were drinking during that night. Because I remembered the movie more fondly than I did on the the rewatch. Uh, and that's kind of how all their movies are. Crank, yeah. Crank Two. They're great the first time. Every time you go back, it's like, Whew. yeah, it's a great oh, man. one Ouch. one time watch. Uh, just don't bother with it twice. But watching a, so another podcast. Do you swear, uh, that, do you swear we were that with your hand on the Bible? <laughs> oh, sorry, I'm just like touching the Bible right now. It didn't look like you. Uh, um, and so we really enjoy how did this get made slash why we went to go see them. And they didn't like the movie at all either. They actually seemed annoyed that they had to watch it. Uh, the person that decided on it was their guest, who uh, is the writer of The Walking Dead. Yep. Hmm. An outcast. Uh, and Kirkman, yeah. Right, wow. Kirkman. Yeah. And he's, he's much, fascinating live. He's mm. very well-spoken, much younger than I thought he was. I never looked him up before, so I didn't realize he was so young. Mm-hmm. Um, Twelve. <laughs> Kid genius. And he loves the movie Gamer. He says he yeah. loves it and he wants to recommend it to everybody. So it's kind of like how much I love Death Race 2000 and lots of other people don't. Hand grenade. Oh. <laughs> uh, so I recommend both. Watch Gamer once. It is a good once thing. And then you can uh, listen to How Did This Get Made and listen to all their You might hear our laugh it. looped in the background. Potentially. <laughs> Uh, John, what about you? What have you been doing? Uh, I've been listening to a podcast from the Idle Thumbs uh, podcast network uh, called Idle Weekend. And so it comes out every weekend, obviously. And they were talking about this concept of the Ever Game, or games that you just stay with and keep playing. And it was more of just that conversation around it. If you can find the episode, it's only like a couple weeks old. Uh, very interesting discussion. The games that you, you keep playing and that you just stay in those worlds. And kind of an interesting concept. And they kind of explore that in... In gaming, and it's very interesting. It got like the idea, like Minecraft, that sort of thing. Yeah, that sort of like thing. There's no end to it. You just kind of keep. And even if there is an end to it, you still just keep going back to the game. You still play it, mm-hmm. even if there is an end. So like, gotcha. Yeah. So like, how I'm doing with Fallout? Fallout has almost become my every game, just because it's taking me forever to get through it. But I'm still in that world. And I'm just playing in that world, and I'll go back like 
I might go back again. Like same with uh, Witcher Three. Like I'll be going back to these games, and they would qualify. And it was a very uh-huh. interesting discussion, and they had some much more interesting examples than I provided. Yeah, I think the only one I ever had like that was Grand Theft Auto. Hmm. Just any one. of them, whatever the most yeah. recent one is, is the one that is it. Yeah, hmm. and so it was an interesting talk, and I definitely recommend you listen to it. It's usually about an hour long, so okay. kind of similar to our length, and uh, it's just two hosts, so it's really kind of casual and nice. I like nice. I liked it. It was a good it was a good thought provoking thing. If you're into games and video games, okay, very cool. Uh, Nice. All that stuff sounds really cool. I did something fucking terrible. Uh, <laughs> I watched the movie Ouija because uh, I'm going to go see the sequel tonight. Uh, that's that's our sponsor. Uh, yeah, Hayride Ouija Two. Is it really? No Ouija Two looks really good. It looks that's fantastic. Uh, I look at it. Yeah. Yeah. I, mean, no, it actually, I watch it every day. It actually. It looks like they just ripped off James Wan, who I really like, and it's like, okay, I like James Wan. Okay, this movie should be, and the yeah. reviews are decent. I'm excited to see it. I'm like, well, I guess I should probably watch the first one if I'm going to go see it. Wow, it's bad. <laughs> like, it is just yeah, unwatchable. The first one. The first yeah. one, from what I remember from the marketing campaign, tried to be the new craft. No, it doesn't. Nope, not <laughs> at all. The way they marketed it. it. No, it tries to it's teach you how to use a Ouija board. Yeah. It spends a solid half hour yeah. saying, this is how you use a Ouija board, and then they go, Boo! And then it's over. It is the worst oh, fucking movie. No. <laughs> I cannot stress how much I hated this I movie while exactly watching. I hope that's exactly how you describe it. Like, here's a Ouija board. Boo! Wait, the movie's over credits? Like they hold a little thing up to their eye. And there's like a woman standing there going. Literally, she doesn't do anything to them. She just stands at the corner and just like waves her arm and goes. <laughs> it's like, what the fuck am I watching? And I was so annoyed. How good it would it be if it's just the old guys from the Muppets in the corner, like ha ha. Oh, you know, what's, what's really funny is like if I was gonna make a movie about a Ouija board, I just recently read the Wikipedia about the origins of Ouija and why it was initially popular. And the whole reason that people initially wanted it is that when the game came out, uh, it was one of the few things that encouraged touching in a like safe environment. Ooh. So oh. men would buy it for dates. Wow. So that him and the girl could touch hands in Should an acceptable she manner. It's not necessarily a ghost game. It's a sexual tension oh game. That and to make a so movie that's what the movie should have been. Ghost says we should bang. I guess we're going to basically should have been the clay scene from Ghost, but with Ouija. Yes. Yeah, there you go. That's Instead, you get the most boring fuck of a movie. Oh, I was just, I read, I think, seven comics while trying to watch it. And it was just in the background. I'm like, is it still boring as fuck? Yep, still I want boring our, as fuck. I want, I want your review on the DVD cover. <laughs> most boring fuck of a movie. <laughs> One star. Oh, man. I'll give it a half star. Well, you'll like, you'll like Ouija, star. too, I think. Well, that's... The, <laughs> I know one person who saw it in like one of the like super early screenings and like it is a yeah. completely different monster. Like it's actually kind of fun. It's it's got a little bit more camp to it. It's just a better movie. Yeah. You know, and people taking cues from James Wan, that's actually one of the best things that could happen to horror. Oh yeah, who's doing well in horror right now? James Wan? Yeah, let's emulate him. That yeah. makes sense. Yeah. yeah. It's the same thing with like Halloween and Friday the 13th back in the day and a little bit less quality of a scale, but you know. Especially with a ghost style movie. Yeah. Like they, those that's exactly what he does best. Yes. Yeah, do yeah. what works. So, I'm excited to see it. But I'm excited to never watch 
Ouija again, even though I accidentally clicked buy on Amazon instead of rent. <laughs> so <laughs> we own it. <laughs> so I guess I'll watch it. Streams later. free. <laughs> Streams free on HBO yeah. Go. Or on HBO is... Go. Wish I knew that. Wait, you didn't even check all of our. Didn't services. even check any of them. This HBO Go horror section is not good, but that. But it has, and, and it's clearly, <laughs> clearly good. Ouija's in there. I feel like it's going to come in handy sometime. Yeah. You owning a copy of Ouija. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Sooner or later, it's going to be. I'm it's going to work out well. You're going to no. after seeing the second one, you're going to want to go back to the first and see all the things they set up in it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, this is true. Yeah. Or like, oh, oh, now it makes sense. Someone will come over and be like, "How do now you? Now I like it. How do you play Ouija to begin with?" It's like, I got a movie for you. It's like watching Fire Walk with me first. You can't do that. Can't do that. Okay, so we need to get started in today's battle, or we're going to run out of time, which order. you never want to do on a podcast. Yes. Order, 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 I'd say. <laughs> uh, so today's is going to be a little bit different. Do it, do tell, do explain. So the way that we've changed up our battles is you get five minutes to pitch your movie, and then five minutes to defend your movie, and then at the end we vote. Today's going to be a little bit different. We're going to get rid of the voting, and Ryan's just not going to go today, and he's going to judge us. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> to save time, I'm going to judge you. <laughs> Which, honestly, if you Keep could in mind, he judges feel Ryan's yeah, stare, he's, totally he's always doing that. Yeah, I mean, yeah. now yeah. he just gets to be audible about his staring judge. Oh, he's judging you. <laughs> oh, right now. Oh, my God. <laughs> Sorry, dude. That's your wife. Yeah. He did an hey, eye thing. Okay. He did an eye thing. Yeah. <laughs> so weird. <laughs> he did uh, for the viewers at home. Do you want a little, John? you want a little? <laughs> oh, God. You, you gave me both barrels. <laughs> <laughs> for the viewers uh, at home. Ryan gags on a podcast. Oh man, don't do that right now. That's crazy. Yeah. Oh, you guys stop. Oh no, no. <laughs> you, uh, you should be here, guys. So I'm gonna let Ryan take over from here on out. Let the judge continue. All right, you guys ready for this? Mm. I'm gonna give you five we'll minutes to go. Raise your hand if you want to go first. You get to pick who goes first. Sean, good. Well, no, I don't want to go first. <laughs> I honestly, I want to see the format. I want to see how how uh, how you had it in mind. Okay. Okay. You, uh, I usually make John go first. I'll you... make you go first, Brian. That's I mean, fine. Yeah, puts you on the other end of the. That's the I, I kind of expected. It. I know it's good. So yeah, you're gonna get way. five minutes to talk and defend your movie, and then I'm Let just gonna drill notes. you about why it's bad. Wait, is Ryan the only one gonna drill, or are we all doing it? You can. No, anyone can jump in. That's can, fine. No, I encourage. He's just. He's leading the charge. Yeah. I absolutely encourage any kind of foul we play. Can, if you want to lie about his movie and throw out things that aren't true, the audience <laughs> would have to fact check later. It's already in the brain. It doesn't matter. It's I really all good. hope none of you we can all in. Your time has already started five seconds. Oh, ago. Go. Uh, okay, so my movie is the Tom Savini remake of Night of the Living Dead that came out in 1990. Now, hmm. for those of you who have seen the original Night of the Living Dead. Uh, this is the major point that I'm going to really drive home throughout this entire thing and why the remake is a better film and the best film at the table. The original has the character Barbara. Everyone knows they're coming to get you, Barbara. It's this great quote. And then Barbara gets in the house and then turns into a weepy pile of shit throughout the rest of the movie until at one point she sees her brother and goes, that's my brother. And then she just walks into his gaping mouth and dies. It is the most annoying thing ever. It's the one thing in that movie that I... What kind of symbolism is that? I don't know, but I fucking hate it in the movie. Like, it drives me up the wall. And Tom Savini and George Romero sat down, and they worked out how are they going to update the movie for the 90s? How are they going to make it a better film? And they decided the best way to do that is with Barbara. And they completely change her character. So she shows up after seeing her brother get his basically head ripped off by hitting on a block too hard when he fell over and she shows up in the house and she's totally in shock and the girl who plays her uh let me pull up her name really fast if i can do it fast enough without wasting all my time i'm just gonna keep talking the girl who plays her is 
Barbara. Uh, <laughs> she's a really famous actress. She's been in, like, if you look her up, she's been in a ton of shit. She played Laura during stunt double in, like, Jurassic Park. So she's not just an actress. She's a stunt woman as well. So she does all of her own stuff. Super accomplished. And she's great. So when she shows up in the house, she's 100% in shock. And you think that she's going to kind of go that standard Barbara way. And it's like, okay, so she'll be the forgettable oh, character. Here comes the brother mouth. Yeah. And <laughs> that's a, the worst thing I've ever oh, heard. My Ten points from Gryffindor. <laughs> uh, so there's a point where they're all trying to discuss whether or not these are zombies or if they're just like diseased or if they have the flu or whatever. And she's like, no, they're dead. And like, no, they're not. And then a zombie kind of gets in the door and she just fucking owns the room. She picks up a gun. She just starts shooting him relentlessly. Is he dead? Is he dead? You guys are all seeing this. He's not dead, right? You guys are seeing this? He's not dead. Like you need to calm down. You're in shock. She's like, no, I know what the fuck is going on. This is a zombie and we need to take control of the situation. And she shoots him in the head. And she is a badass throughout the rest of the film. And it takes a movie that had this really kind of weepy, forgettable character and turned her into like a badass chick who's going to rule like the zombie apocalypse. She's the only one who makes it out of the house alive. She does a great job doing it. She comes out and she's with all these horrible, terrifying rednecks who are all like, yeah, we get to kill people and it's legal. Woohoo! And she's just like... <laughs> She's just like cool and collective about the whole thing. These guys are idiots. We just need to survive. And it's awesome. Uh, they go back into the house where, uh, if you guys remember the original film, they had the, the married couple who have the daughter, the daughter who is a zombie, kills the mom, and then the dad dies as well. In this one, the dad hides upstairs. So she goes, she gets the crazy redneck people to come look for help because she wanted to actually help the, the one guy who was nice, who was Ben, who did die. Um, she shows up, sees that he's a zombie now. They kill him. And then the dad comes downstairs. He's like, you came back for us. You actually came back for us. But Barbara, knowing that the main reason that everybody died was because he flipped out and he broke down the doors and he did everything, she shoots him point blank in the face and they, they all the guys kind of look at her and she's like, oh, it's another one for the fire. It's like, oh, shit! She is just so badass. And like, everything <laughs> in this movie is centered around how great they made this new this character who was just such a pile of crap in the first one. And that's why I will keep coming back to this movie while I watch this one instead of the original. I'm not saying the original is a bad film. It's a classic. It is wonderful. It's scary still to this day. The little girl when she wakes up and stabs her mom with a thing, fucking horrifying. It's a great film. But if I want to watch a movie with better characters, I want to go for the remake. Because the remake has these characters that are actually well-rounded. They do more they have more conversations like it's just it just feels like a tighter film and the fact that Romero worked with Savini to make it it doesn't feel like somebody's just trying to like rip him off like it actually is like okay we need to update our film we need to make it the best that it can be and working together they did it um I have one minute left uh so with that one other minute I will talk about if I can find his name as fast as humanly possible uh Tony Todd that's it thank you mm. um Tony Todd, who is also Candyman, plays Ben in this film, and he's just he's the best for like those niche horror films. He's great. He can play super campy, he can play serious, he can do everything. And having him and Barbara together in this film, it's just it's a joy to watch from beginning to end. Even with its super violent, kind of crazy nature, a little overacting, a little melodrama, but it's what makes a zombie film work. It was Patricia Tolman, by the way. Thank you. Boom. Hmm. Fifteen seconds. You done? I'm done. All right, cool. I've I'll said my stop piece. it there. Well you don't get the alarm, unfortunately. Mm. It's fun. But uh, so I like it, Brian. You covered one of my main questions, which is always going to be how did this improve on the original? But I have some follow up questions to that. One, 
you really compared it to the original the entire time. Mm -hmm. Without the original, does this stand on its own? Why oh, is this a classic horror movie without referring to the original Night of the Living Dead? The main reason why I enjoy it is because it improves upon the original so much. But the fact of the matter is that because it improves upon the original so much, it makes it just a good film. So if you hadn't seen it, it's not like you're going to sit down and go, well, I don't appreciate this because I never saw the original. It's still a great film. In fact, it's a little bit better than the original. So if you sit down without ever seeing the original, you're still watching a great film because it has all those great things that the original had, just a little amped up and a little better. So you can completely remove the other one from the Pantheos and you're still doing fine because it's still an awesome movie. Another really important question, why are there zombies? This one they do the classic of... That's my favorite explanation for zombies. Like I like the Return of the Living Dead, where yeah. it's like, oh, there was this crazy toxin that they drank, <laughs> and they can think and this sort of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. But I like the Romeros, where it's like either there's no more room left in hell, or something came from space, or it was some sort of crazy virus. Yeah. We don't know, and that's totally what they play up here, and they mm -hmm. make it a lot more fun because of that. And does it follow the, the Romero zombie rules? They're slow, they're mindless, they oh, yeah. your brains. Yep. yep. All right. That's it. Anyone else have any... Uh, you, you guys now get to attack Brian and try to knock down his argument. Okay, well, why why is this a better zombie movie than like any other zombie movie that's that's come out? Well, because it's the best. I mean, because... I mean, <laughs> Solid look, argument. Not, well, no, because if you look at what makes like a great zombie film, it's all about surviving. And you want to have that like ragtag, <clears throat> ragtag team of people who need to survive against this insurmountable odds. And that's what Night of the Living Dead with the original started with like, oh, so we're going to live in this house. We're going to stay in this house as long as we can. It turns out, mm, not that long. And that's what this movie does great. It takes that idea that, oh, we can survive this. Oh, fuck, mm. we can't. And that's what does. That's what I like so much about Night of the Living Dead versus any other zombie film. Because other zombie films, they kind of figure out a way to do it. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of like, would you though? I mean, especially if you don't know what's going on, which you're not supposed to. In a zombie apocalypse, you're not supposed to be like, yeah, it's time. Let's fucking crack some heads. It's supposed to be like, oh shit, what the hell is going on? I can't, like, you don't want to shoot your friend in the head. You don't want to see this happen, and then it just starts happening. Yeah, you can't be prepared. Yeah, and yeah, Night of the Living Dead, both this one and the original, they do does a great job of, like, you're not prepared. And that's what's so great about the Barbara character in this one, is that she's not prepared, but her state of shock just propels her into this, I am, it's the fight or flight, and she just 100% takes fight. So yeah. it's, it's really, like, exciting and energizing, as she's just like, yeah, I can do this. Well, I think that's what you just said is very interesting, and and so my my question my question for you is how much more of an action movie versus a bleak, uh, just horror slow horror burn is this versus the original? I mean, it is. I, I talk about the things I get excited about, which is those moments. But I mean, it's yeah. still very much a play. It, like if this was on a stage, it would still play out the exact same way. Really, the only action sequences is at the end when they're trying to get in and that one sequence I mentioned where she's shooting the guy. Right. And then out of that, it all kind of plays out like the original did where the, the only kind of big set piece is like, we need to get gas. Oh, that didn't work. Boom! And everyone right. dies. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, it still is that kind of thinking man's like, all right, so how can we survive in a room full of people that I fucking hate? And the only thing they kind of lose in this one is the, the racism aspect because it was the 90s. It wasn't quite as prevalent as it was right. in the 60s when it came out. So it's not like the movie loses its edge. It's just kind of, it wasn't, as relevant to the story anymore. Well, aside from Barbara shooting the guy uh, who's still living, is, it, are there any more shocking deaths? Is there anything cool that happens in this movie? The the shootout between Ben and uh, I forget the the uh, older gentleman's name. That that's a really kind of great moment of when they're they're about to like one guy's trying to get out or trying to come back in. The other guy's trying to keep everybody out. And instead of trying to you know 
agree or try to help each other they just start turning on each other and it's at that moment that the older gentleman's daughter rounds the quarter and they're like everything just kind of goes quiet and he's like you need to kill her. And he's like, you can't kill her. She's my daughter. No, no, you need to kill her. And then Barbara shoots her, of course. Uh, <laughs> of course. <laughs> <laughs> She's cold, man. Damn. Uh, and then out of that, the two of them just start shooting each other. and just start taking chunks out of each other. And like that's how they both end up. Like The one guy would have died probably if Barbara didn't shoot him in the face later. But Ben eventually succumbs to the wounds and then goes out into the field and gets eaten. That sounds pretty badass. Yeah, so it kind of stays true to my favorite part about anything zombie related. And that is... What, how do the humans react to each other? And what is, you know, when do you lose your humanity? Oh, that's the greatest thing about Night Living Dead is that they, they react to each other immediately hostile. Like, holy shit, we don't like each other. And it's that great thing of like, well, we need to try to get along to survive. And it's like, yeah, that's not going to fucking happen. We do not see eye to eye. And the one guy tries. He's a real go-getter. He's got his girlfriend like, no, we can do this together. And it's like... Oh, uh, you he can't play first, both sides. He? Yeah. And Does then he you die get... first? What? Does he die first? Oh, yeah. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. The hell was that? Was that my timer? <laughs> Squishy sounds? Gross. Sounds like someone being dragged on gravel. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> Time's up to defend the movie. Okay. Fantastic. Cool. There it is. Oh. <laughs> That's much better. <laughs> I, by the way, I'm just pulling these straight off of a library. I've never heard these before. So there's Perfect. a weird sound yeah, right, effect. Right. Next one's like sexy night. moaning, and you're like, oops. <laughs> oh, that's my <laughs> that is from my library. <laughs> Oh my goodness. All right, now, new format, Brian. You get to go. You get to uh, choose who goes next. Sean. Okay, fantastic. <laughs> I'm ready for this. Are you ready? Cool. I'm. Uh, I'm ready. Are we rolling? Are we good? You're rolling. All right, fantastic. <laughs> um, so uh, the movie uh, slash remake that I did was Amityville Horror, and um, guys, my 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 defense is is pretty simple. I really it's, want to hear it. It's pretty simple. <laughs> if it's not just finger the head wound, you no, lose. This, it's this simple. Is, you can waste this much time in the beginning. That's this, impressive. This, I, I'm going to waste as much time as I want because <laughs> this is the scariest movie because it's a real story. It's a true story. It's it's documents. Okay, I, I see I see the hand. I see the hand. Some more yeah. visual gags for you. But it, it documents. making the like hand going back All right. and forth. Let me get my, let me get my four minutes. Let me get my four minutes. But uh, it's you know it's based on a true story, and uh, and uh, it's it's just it's really great. So I, I actually watched the original, uh, the nineteen seventy. Mm, I thought I wrote it down here, but I guess I didn't. Uh, 1979, I believe. 1979 uh, original uh, film adaptation uh, based on the book by uh, Jay Anson in 1977. And uh, basically this documents, uh, just a little backup history, um, the, uh, uh, a murder that was uh, in 1974 uh, by this guy named Ronald DeFeo. And he shot and killed his family of six in, a du- in this Dutch house uh, in New Jersey. And... Uh, then the year after, uh, this family called the Lutz family moved in um, and experienced 28 days of extreme paranormal, paranormal activity and then moves out. I know you got chills like running up and down your spine right now. For sure. <laughs> For sure. It's warm in here. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I think it's a, it's, it's just a, it's a really incredible story. And uh, the way that it's, um, the, the film adaptations kind of uh, take different parts of the books uh, and, and put it together. And uh, the, the first one uh, makes a lot of nods to the original, original movie. Uh, sorry, the first movie makes a lot of nods to the novel uh, in different ways that the 2005 remake makes nods to the novel and also the story. 
Um, apparently, the 2005 remake has a lot of fabricated <laughs> things in it, obviously, you know, just because it's Hollywood and they're trying to make it really exciting, much like your your movie, exactly. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's just, I, I thought it was really well done and the way they they adapted uh, some of the... Uh, the documented like paranormal activity and the way they like interpreted it on screen. I thought it was really awesome. And guys, to be honest, I was, I was trying to watch the remake like by myself one night and I, I kind of couldn't do it by myself. Like, and I really don't get freaked out at horror movies. Like I I got about 30 minutes in and I was like, Nope, fuck this. Like (laughs) I I turned it off and I went to sleep. I had the same (laughs) reaction, but it was not because I was scared. (laughs) (laughs) It, It scared the crap out of me. I think the, um, the 2005 remake is a lot more fast paced and it's a lot more jumpy. Uh, and the, uh, the original one is a lot more of a slow burn. And, uh, and it features some paranormal activity things that are, that are really believable. Like, like being engulfed in flies, I guess, you know, there could be like an infestation of flies. There are some things that, and that was, that was actually one of the things that was truly documented was this, this, uh, infestation of flies. And it was like the middle of winter. And there was, there were all these other just creepy things that were happening. And I, I thought both the movies were really well done. Um, and to be honest, I liked the 2005 version more because it, it was just, a really fun movie to watch it was it was super fun because there was like all this crazy shit happening while everyone was asleep and and there were all these great scare moments like jumpy scare moments that i really liked it was well paced uh as in like there was a really good build to this horror movie look at your face pacing is the worst <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought the face, the face was pretty good um and uh the 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 1970 one was a little too slow for me, um, but uh, uh, you know this was this was at a time. Uh, actually, the actual murder t- took place the year after the Exorcist movie came out, so people were were kind of obsessed with this, uh, with you know the, with the horror genre at this time. I think, and it was kind of a golden age. And I think this is one of the movies that came out from it. 2005 was a golden age. No, 19 uh, yes, 1979. Yeah. When, when the book when the book came out. Mm. And uh, and I think it's just a great nod to a Golden Age horror movie. And <laughs> that's it. The fly is like chomping at the bit. Like, no, you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So that's just about the end of your time. And Fantastic. My very first question is going to be: Why was the remake necessary? How did this improve upon the original? I think, uh, well, not that I, I think they added a lot more details from the book that the original movie didn't get in. And, and they did a lot of uh, really cool interpretations. For example, um, there yeah, was... Be more specific. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the 2005 remake has a nod to, um, to a demon that was... Uh, that, the, uh, that the original real Lutz family in real life saw, like, said that they saw. And this demon wasn't featured in the, in the original movie. Um, and, uh, it's interesting how they interpret it because I don't remember there being a demon in this movie. I thought it was supposed to be a ghost. No, there's a demon. It, it's like, it's a catch him guy, right? Catch him. Yeah. It's a catch him yeah. guy. Catch Actually him. that, that's a different, that's a different demon, but there was like a face that appears in this old movie reel and the, and in the original story, the actual telling of the story is that there was like a demon face that appeared hmm. and 
I thought it was really cool how they adapted that to, to film in, in I just want to say the main reason why Go this movie it. annoys the shit out of me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, take a chewy. That's it. I'll say... Because I, I have a list as well. Bring it on. <laughs> I, I like things. Ryan Reynolds uh-huh. as I love a woman. Ryan Reynolds. I am a, a fan man. of Ryan Reynolds. Oh, that sweet bod. Oh. I'm, a, I'm a fan of they, him as a man. The thing I'm they do right that. is they make sure he takes his shirt off. <laughs> yep. That is the thing they do right in this movie. But whenever he's in the house... His eyes are bloodshot, and he acts really creepy. Really creepy. His wife is a dumbass. <laughs> they go to the doctor. Like, more than once, they leave this house, and then suddenly he's fine. He's the man she married. His eyes, his no skin clears red, up. Yeah. His eyes are no longer blood red. They get back to the house, and then his eyes are bloodshot. You're describing a drinking problem. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's really kind of... It, it, they like, could have played that very they well. They don't show him really drink. I don't remember him drinking in this no, movie much. So I'm like, as... She's stupid because it's like, okay, so you you should see a correlation here. A cause and effect. Just get him out of the house. He's making coffins for you and your kids in the basement. Get him out of the house. Yeah. Like this, it's so stupid. Like the, I can't get behind this movie because of how dumb she is. And like how dumb he is. He should be able to look at himself in a mirror or just like listen to his body. Well, like, being, when I'm in the house, I really yeah, feel... Being you, you can't blame everyone people around for going, yeah. get him the fuck out. And, and I, I felt bad for the dog. I'm like, oh, that dog is going to die. Yeah, that was and really just like, But that is a classic movie <laughs> trope. And is, yeah. I don't like horror movies when... There's, when it's when it's not campy, when it, you're supposed to be taking this horror movie seriously, and they have such an obvious thing going on where you just feel like the characters deserve to die at the end. <laughs> Can I get my point in, you? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. yeah, I have two things. What you got? The, the first thing is you said pacing. And my very first note while watching this movie was pacing be damned. <laughs> 13 minutes in, I even checked the timer. You have Ryan Reynolds banging his wife while some little girl with a head wound is just watching. It's like, what the fuck is going on? And then the next scene, the girl is talking, the daughter is talking to a dead girl. Totally cool with it. I'm like, there's no ramp up at all. He so just they give starts away too weapon. much to her. Yeah, yeah, way too much. Gotcha, gotcha. But then they'll ramp in the, in the weirdest uh, places. The inciting incident? Yeah, that there, there was no inciting incident. It was just like, oh, oh. It's, it's just all on now. It's the little girl watches the bang. I get yeah. it. Yeah, and now the other it's thing is... traumatizing what the to watch fuck people. is with the babysitter in this movie? The whole babysitter... She wants... She's a fucking predator. Like, that girl <laughs> wants to bang that 12-year-old boy, and it is creepy as shit. Uh, yeah. She's on his bed like, do me. And it's just like, what the fuck is happening? Oh, it no, is the no. creepiest sequence ever. And it's not creepy like, oh, this movie's so scary. It's creepy like, arrest her. <laughs> <laughs> sure, she's a babysitter. There must be multiple victims, she, but they're too afraid to come out. Yeah, she's getting stoned in the bathroom. She comes out like, oh, yeah, I'm going to fuck that kid. <laughs> oh, yeah. uh, it's just awful. I don't like, remember oh that goodness. in the original. <laughs> <laughs> was, was that in the was. book, Sean? <laughs> uh, yeah, this. obviously. No, that was the original. That was actually <laughs> from the pastor's side of the Oh, right, right, right. <laughs> who told this story yeah but the, I will say the payoff with the babysitter in the uh, in the closet in the when closet. the ghost makes oh. her finger the head yeah. that was that yeah. was pretty cool that yeah. was legit that's a it. great part she she totally had that coming she totally deserved that <laughs> oh, the, she's a predator the montage, absolutely the montage at the the library when she's discovering the thing uh-huh. underneath her house like oh yeah that totally there's also, I was so scared there's also the moment where uh, <laughs> the little girl goes up on the roof drops a little teddy bear and he goes bang <laughs> Well, there was, was a real- brick in the tenor. <laughs> right, right. Well, no like, wonder she shut up. This thing sucks. <laughs> yeah. This thing just hold me back. There were, there were a lot of those moments in the beginning, like, this is a serious horror film. We are very serious. And I feel like it almost kind of 
overemphasized. It was trying to be very serious yeah. when it came across as kind of cheesy. It's serious, guys. Yeah. I'm, I'm really going to totally right disagree with you because I, I feel like Ryan Reynolds started off as this jovial, kind of goofy character mm-hmm. and then got this demonic possession and would kind of go back and forth. And hey, props to him for being able to have those kind of dynamics. And that's it. That's it for our... Props to no one else for catching on to it. We didn't even talk about the beards in that movie. (laughs) (laughs) Ryan Reynolds' beard is no way comparable. (laughs) The beard. I tried a beard. (laughs) Are you guys creeped out? This is creepy Halloween sound. It's better than the beeping. (laughs) Seriously, I hate that babysitter. I'm watching this at work. Like, what the fuck is happening? All right. All right. All right. All right. All right. Order. Sean, who's going to go next? Ooh, uh... Um, let's have Chewie go. All right. We get for attacking his movie. So yeah, that's fine. Yeah, I have strong her. opinions. I mean, because I remember, up. I remember once what watching the remake of Amityville and then liking it and then realizing I was duped because I just liked Ryan Reynolds. That did happen to me. He's a good con man, that guy. <laughs> like, yeah. ah, once I stop looking at him, everything else is terrible. All right, you're five seconds in. Go, 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 go. <gasps> All right, Fright Night. Uh, another movie that I will fully admit at the upright here that I was also very influenced by my personal <laughs> needs with David Tennant. Um, I was very excited for this movie to come out from the get-go, not because I've ever seen the original Fright Night. I have not. Uh, I've only seen the remake. Uh, and <clears throat> as a movie on its own without any external influence from the original, I really enjoy it. I understand that other people really wanted the campiness and the ha-ha-ha from the original of what I've seen. But this movie takes itself definitely more seriously while still having some joy in itself. Um, It was presented to us at a time when Twilight was the most hyped. Twilight was super, like, number one. And I loved this movie because I want my vampires to be scary. I want them to be alluring and sexy, but in the end, I want them to try to be murdering people. Not the stupid glistening, and this is a skin of a meta from Twilight, because that's Ugh. stupid. <laughs> um, and Colin... Farrell. Farrell. Mm-hmm. I'm always afraid to say the wrong last name. Your woman Lee needs. Don't remember Colin Farrell. Farrell. <laughs> there's Colin Firth. There's Carla. The other ones. Carla. <laughs> but he is, like, legitimate. Because you see him, he is attractive, he's handy, he's like everything you want in a man. He's handsy. He's like, he's <laughs> very good at helping to fix things. He's very smart, and then it turns out to be this devil who's going to slowly eat you. Like, he's one of those vampires that will nibble on you. As David Tennant says, he likes snacks. Um, like and snacks. he uses that to attack the family. His handyman skills come into effect when he decides, oh, you won't come out of your house? Okay, that's fine. I'll, I'll just, I'll blow your house out. <laughs> He pulls out their propane thing and lights it on fire in their backyard while they stare at him, and he blows up their house, and it's a great sequence. Sounds good. Um, and then when you actually get to David Tennant, where he plays a uh, <laughs> essentially a Chris or Chris Angel care type person at this point, not Chris Angel. No, you're right. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Like um, yeah. And he's kind of a he. He's kind of washed up, where he's just like this goth king. But then it turns out he really did survive a vampire attack, and he's he plays the regretful hero. He goes to help Anton Yelchin when he doesn't actually want to, and he has all these great gadgets that he bought off eBay. And that's where some of the humor comes into this movie, because he got all these really funny thing, ways to kill vampires that he bought off eBay. Uh, and it brings great moments into the film. And just the, the entire last sequence when they're fighting the vampire in his own realm, in his, like, 
nest with a like 20 other vampires and you really feel like they're going to lose and you're like how are they going to get out of this and then you have a great reveal about the, how he's going to light them on fire and win and it's it's enthralling it really is while being funny and i wish some other people had seen this movie because everyone just immediately wanted to hate on it because one the vampire wasn't going to fuck anybody at the end in a way that they liked and <laughs> and it wasn't as, as hell. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> hey, twilight is rapey Fair um yeah sorry uh and it's just such a disappointment because they, everyone just had this preconception of the film and they immediately hated it before they even gave it a chance it did not make much money it cost 30 million and only made 41 it was so disappointing to me i mean even Imogen Putz, who is just stuck in the the pretty blonde role like does as much as she possibly can with this pretty blonde role and the part when she gets turned by the vampire is heart-wrenching like because she can't do anything about it she's totally glamored but you they do the classic one tear down the eye where you know she's still kind of conscious but it's it's affecting while being funny i still have another minute damn it <laughs> we used to do this for 10 i know i'm running out of breath because you <laughs> No comment on that. <laughs> but uh, the setting of this film is in Las Vegas in a a straight-up squared planned neighborhood that no one wants to live in. Awesome. Uh, so that kind of gives it in the troop where the, these shitty things can happen and no one's noticing because yeah. there's no one there. So it has a good sense of isolation at the same time. Uh, and McLovin's in there for a moment because I can't remember his real name, and he plays the the best friend that gets turned, and his sequence of being a vampire that is also a delivery man was terrifying and funny. Like, I think this movie just totally balances the terrifying and funny really well, and it and David Tennant is very sexy. Uh, I'm going to let you go on on that one. Was, uh, again, you, you made it in time, so no alarm. Okay. Um, you actually kind of hit most of the points that I have been asking people about. Um, I mean, just in general, why did this movie need to be remade, and what did this add to the franchise? Uh, it didn't necessarily need to be remade. It's more of a reimagining. Oh, she loses. She just lost. Yep, oh, whatever. It. It's a reimagining. <laughs> where they took this... Where everyone wants to remake the 80s right now. They do. Yeah. That's why it needed to be remade, because it's an 80s property that they knew people remembered and enjoyed, but they Remember? didn't want to completely pander them. They wanted to make it a serious film, and I think they achieved that but they didn't get the credit for it because however much the geek people love their nostalgia, they also hate their nostalgia because when you bring it, they want to talk about it and they want to say, oh, we loved that. Let's get something like that again, but different. And then you give it to them and then they're like, I hate you. You yeah. ruined so, it. You ruined the source it's material. Like a vampire. No, we didn't. You still have the source material. So why did this fail? This failed because of that. Brian, because what people's a attitudes. <laughs> why call the movie Fright Night? Why not just go ahead and make a different movie with a, with a whole Because they wouldn't make it. They were hoping that they were going to be able to make money. Honestly, yeah, they probably would have made more money if they hadn't made it into Fright Night. Yeah. It's, it's my argument for Evil Dead. Like, that movie <laughs> yeah. could have stood alone, and yet they had to call but it Evil Dead. But there is a moment money. in this movie where Colin Farrell looks, turns around, does his sultry vampire eyes, and goes, <laughs> Welcome to Fright Night. <laughs> <laughs> It's in the movie. I mean, that's why they they bring in the camp a little bit, but they bring. I think they they totally balance the winkiness in this movie. Ten points to Gryffindor for referencing the title in the in the movie. Yeah, Yeah. mine never says it. (laughs) It's it's so rare to me when people when movies balance the wink without the nod. Hmm. That's really good. Yeah. So, I'm trying to think ways to knock this thing down. I know there's ways. 
my major th- okay so here's my thing that that i think really when trying to watch this movie where it completely falls apart is it's exactly the same problem i have with sean's is the pacing's all over the place it's true like it, it doesn't like it it's there, there's a, the spatialness of i mean i understand that things are condensed in las vegas but how they get to places so quickly is still kind of odd because this movie is only supposed to take place in a few nights, like yeah. maybe three or four. And the, 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 I think they, they break their own rules a lot. They have like they have the guy who's supposed to be their best friend who gets turned into a vampire at the very beginning of the film, never comes back. And then the guy who had all the plastic surgery to, to look like Brad Pitt now, he never comes back. Like they, they he turned just gets him- murdered. His acting's not good enough to keep him around. Fair. But, but- little... little um, uh, I forgot his name. The opening kill Fra- guy, Little Franco. They do bring him yeah, back. They do back. And Dave Franco. Yeah. yeah, Dave Franco looks very good in this movie as well, uh, and they use him just as much as they need to. Yeah, but I, I, I think that's where the movie kind of like, I think for a movie like this to really kind of hone it in, it's got to follow its own rules, and it breaks its own rules quite a few times. It doesn't really establish too many actual rules. It does of like that he is collecting vampires, and the only one that's that he what ki- he did, and they showed for the, the ones end that he did fight. You know, sometimes maybe somebody tastes bad and then he throws it away. <laughs> you don't keep the good steak. You don't buy that again. You don't buy good steak again? No, you don't buy you it. bad <laughs> steak. You get bad steak, you don't keep it around. Fair enough. I'm going to be honest, but both vampires and zombies always throw me off. It's like, how do you know if they just die or turn into the other thing? The, with vampires, it's very specific that you're supposed <laughs> to ingest the other one's blood. And how do they do that? Did they pull that off in Fright Night? Mm-hmm. Like at one point. <laughs> <laughs> they do it once. And then everyone else just gets bitten. <sighs> Well, because it's done off screen. Uh, the one time they sure. do it on screen is when Imogene Poots is getting uh, turned. When she first she, she gets glamoured, and then he cuts his lip a little bit, and then he makes out with her, and that's how. And then he bites her, so that's how it happens. And it's very sexual. While Anton Yelchin is getting blocked, and he just can't get over there, so he's freaking out while she's getting converted. And it's a great scene. It's how, one yeah. of the. How about having another movie where they hired a bunch of like twenty five, twenty six year olds to play seventeen year olds? That's I mean, normal. Anton Yelchin does look young in this movie. He looks uh, younger than Imogene does. Okay, I'll give you that. Yeah. I'm just trying to think of things that I can complain about your movie. Um, this this one was tough to complain about. Yeah, it's really <laughs> tough. Yeah. And, I, I went and in, I went the mother into... is played by Tony Collette. Yeah. Uh, oh, there, I can complain about that. I hate the best friend mom. I hate best friend mom in any fucking movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mom needs to be mom. The best friend mom, I don't believe. She's best friend mom because... The dad left, and she's trying to keep the spirits up. The mom is that way in the original too, though. Yeah, she she's Shh, like a good stop buddy. Stop helping her. That's why I've stayed silent. It's really shaping up strong for you, Chewie. Yeah. Yeah. Back to the rules. I mean, when a, a zombie in a in a vampire movie. I mean, if there's be, no zombie in this movie. I, well, no, I'm just saying, if the rules aren't followed in those movies. Then it's my it, movie follows the rules perfectly. Then that's all. I mean, that's they, awesome. They, the, <laughs> they can't stand alone, is what I'm saying. They do follow the rules, though. I'm like, he doesn't get killed by silver. Uh, the crosses do affect him, but also don't defeat him. Mm-hmm. He has a he can get injured and does get injured when he you know gets hit by holy water. He's down for the count for a little while, and they were able to get away. Uh, and. Oh, and how about this? Day for night looks fucking horrible. It just kind of fit horrible. into the atmosphere. It fit into the atmosphere. <laughs> it looks like movie. shit. It always looks like Whatever. shit, and they do it the whole goddamn movie. It's that's gloomy true. and blue, oh, and is no. it, that's a lot. They stayed with that. They established a rule of day for night, and they stuck with it. And it looks horrible the whole time. Whatever. <laughs> that's the end of our time Whoa. to defend Fright Night. I was just waiting until the very end so I could get one last negative I, thing I that I actually did. That. that was fantastic. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> we're waiting. Uh, Chewie, who's going to go next? 
You're staring at me. So. <laughs> Justin. Uh, I'm ready. He's ready. All right, Justin. You're, we're ready to right. be ready. Well, you all took notes, so now I feel like I should have taken notes, but um, I don't think I, I really, I, I don't really don't think I need to. <laughs> Here's the deal. The hills have eyes. Let's just go back to 1977 to the original to start. That movie is horrible. <laughs> Wes Craven's I original. Really like it. How do you like that movie? It's a good movie. No, it is not a good movie. It's a movie about cavemen <laughs> who live in the mountain <laughs> and come down and beat up a family. And yes, it has that the horrifying. It has the great. It has the great Wes Craven 70s like you know rape torture vibe going on through the whole movie. Is that great? <laughs> yeah, it's his, well, it was his um, thing. It's it was a vibe, his thing. okay? Okay, maybe great's the wrong word. I give five it's minutes, Chewie. It's, it's a vibe. It's Justin's time. You want to get your turn. <laughs> Perhaps not great, but um, so to me, to me, essentially, the remake was absolutely necessary. If you were ever going to go back to an original film, look at it and go, boy, this sure could use an update. This was the movie. Um, not only do they do that with um, recreating the special effects so much infinitely better, because the original tried to be gory, it tried to be uh, tried to be nasty, and it has its moments, but it got really stuck in that like late 70s gore. In this one, uh, in the original and the remake, um, they really kick it up about as high as you can get it. It's it's nasty, and on top of that, the special effects makeup jobs on the creatures, on the mutants, I should say, um, th- we've never had better mutants than than the Hills Have Eyes remake. Um, just between Pluto and Jupiter and all, you know, Papa Jupiter and all these guys, um, uh, the big brain at the end. I mean, they the. The casting was fantastic. The um, we can go back to that too. The uh, the family in this one is so much more compelling. Um, you have Ted Levine as the dad. Buffalo Bill is your dad. That's so amazing, and he's <laughs> he's really fantastic in it. Um, and uh, the chick from Lost there. What was her name? Uh, Amelia. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> uh, she she's fantastic in this too. She actually plays that perfect balance of like angsty. Like angsty teen who, at the end of the day, you know, kind of see her getting. Uh, she she's the one that I think in this movie gets the most fucked up, uh, to tell you the truth. Um, but uh, I don't know. There's just uh, that. That's where I kind of want to start with my defense on this. This one is certainly one. You're too late to start your defense. Oh, okay. <laughs> sorry. Uh, this one Chapter is certainly one. the one. <laughs> I was a young boy watching. That's a, a defensive people. <laughs> Got it. Um, yeah. So uh, this one definitely has all that going for it. Um, on top of that, uh, this movie also has um, some of the best horror uh, twists that y- you would never expect in a horror film. Um, people die that you would not have any expectation of them dying, both at the moment and maybe even in general, um, uh, which plays up the the absolute bleakness of this film um you first of all this is direct directed by alexandra aha right is that how you say it i don't even know how you say it last name aha i thought it was aja 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 i don't know that's true don't go off of the way i say it aja aja whatever it is anyway he's really great um and his film high tension is one of my favorite french horror films in general um and so for him to helm this movie you've got the perfect combination. Get a, get a, a absolutely gritty, nasty, tension-filled movie uh, script and put it in this guy's hands, and he makes movie magic. Um, so to me, this also has that nasty grittiness. Oh, my time went really quickly. Um, 
What's your favorite scene and why? Oh my god, I, there's so many. Um, all of them are my favorite scene. No, uh, my favorite scene is. <laughs> tell you the truth, my favorite scene. There's a few where um, the uh, the suicide scene in the in the bath in the outhouse when uh, Ted Levine goes to look for the gas station attendant and he's sitting in the in the outhouse and he puts the shotgun in his face and he literally splits his entire head into like six pieces. Was that in the R-rated version or just the unrated? I don't know. I'm kind of going off the unrated version. Right. That's the only version I've ever seen. I imagine they cut away in the R because would fucking gruesome. Actually, this movie was uh, NC-17 when it oh, first shit. came out in theaters. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, and then they, um, they did a rated R version for it and then when the Blu-ray DVDs all came out, they did their unrated. So... Yes, most of that was for the violence, the right. gore, and for the, the rape sequences. Um, also, the scene where Ted Levine is crucified on the, on the cactus or whatever, and they set him on fire, and using your father's burning corpse as a distraction, I'm going to rape your daughter. That is the most brutal... God, I hate when that happens. Absolutely <laughs> fucked up. It's the worst weekend. Man. It, it, this, <laughs> uh, no, it. That is your five minutes. Now we can tear you down. Actually, you covered quite a bit of what I wanted to ask you about. The only thing you didn't talk about is, does this movie truly stand on its own as a, a horror classic for the ages without the original? I would say it definitely does. Um, because you're, you're just... Honestly, you're not going to get a much more brutal uh, horror slasher thriller movie than this, if you can kind of call it that. Um, you, the the rape films of the '70s, um, they they definitely do Did you it. Say in great or rape? Rape. Oh, the rape, <laughs> the rape films of the '70s that they kind of like, you know, everybody's sort of like very shy about to talk about. Um, this movie has absolutely no problem going there and uh, neither did Wes Craven and I think at the end of the day this movie stands on its own my wife never had ever seen any of these films before this is her favorite horror film and that said something right to on. me anyone yeah. else okay so I'm gonna go after the argument itself and you said twists yeah. I think everyone who dies in this movie you see coming a million miles away I think the only twist is that not everyone dies that's mm. the only like the when the mom dies, I'm like, oh, okay, it kind of. She lasted longer than I thought she would. Like, she's just kind of there. Right. She's there. She's there. And then eventually they shoot her. I'm like, oh, okay, we're getting. To See, that. I feel like it's not necessarily twists. It's the shock moment of okay. it. Like, because you in in a movie like this, you don't expect the mom to like in that moment when they're having that that big battle inside the RV. You don't expect her to have her head blown off in that two seconds. See, I kind of. I, I don't know what I did. Like, I I, well, I hadn't yeah, seen it. I saw this before fair, I saw the original, fair, and I'm yeah. sitting there. And it's like I'm expecting all of you to die in this sequence. That's fair. Like, That's I really kind of thought the uh when i sat down to watch the first time i thought the dude who was out uh who eventually goes to save his daughter i thought he's gonna come back and find the entire family dead Hmm. so i'm like okay so i'm just gonna watch this entire family get murdered in a trailer the fact that any of them got out alive i was kind of like oh oh good for them Hmm. interesting (laughs) so the thing with these type of movies is this is not my type of horror i'm much more of a you like your ghosts. I like my ghosts and i like my demons i like my suspense sexy men hey sexy men are just like they can they're, be in any they're cherries on top. <laughs> sure. Uh, I've, there's plenty of movies that I like that don't have any sexy men in them. But this type of movie, <laughs> like, to me, why is it scary? Is it scary or is it just torture? Well, I, think That's why I, I hate torture porn. It's my gotcha. least favorite thing in horror. I wish it never existed. It just glorifies. It's like foreplay sexual foreplay of stabbing people and then especially because a lot of times it's directed at women to be and fair. the fact that there's rape scenes in this movie and stuff it's like 
it's, it's just gets down to the things I don't like in horror cinema. So let me ask you why that is, because to me personally, that is that's real life horror. Like that's putting it right in your lap, giving it right back in your face. And um, though this How movie is extremely it gory, it? Uh, that's I mean, I guess that's that's the eternal argument of do we show it or not show it? You know, that's I mean, I, what does glorification mean? Are, are they celebrating? Is everyone standing around clapping that this girl's getting raped? The sequence is supposed to make you feel horribly nauseous, and it does that, I think. Um, it's like it's like when you watch a movie like Irreversible or like one of these other oh. films. Yeah, they, I refuse to watch Irreversible. That's what I'm saying. Like These movies, I mean, they put it right into your face, and they're like, either you can look at it or don't look at it. It's, it's not to glorify it. It's to show you that this is a wound that exists. And in terms of gore, uh, this movie is obviously off the fucking charts so it it does kind of that seems to be where the celebration comes in a little bit um to like be like yeah look how nasty we can make this um but that being said it, it definitely uh it's used very very well in this movie and because because of the nature of it i think it needs to go that extreme otherwise you know i think really where where i end up having the problem is that yeah, fine it needs to go there and it's technically well made but it never really subverts the whole like what it what it's trying to be inspired by and mimic and remake, which was Wes Craven, and it's like it's a glossy version, yes, but it almost feels like it, it like those beats where everyone dies in those particular ways. I too felt like we are in a scuffle. One to two people have to die here because similarly in the previous movie, that's kind of how it was. Like there was there's a sense of you know it's a better version of it, but it's never really challenging like the things that happened on a like a structural level, like. Why was it exactly the same type, the same character, type of character who gets raped the same times? You know, like right. you're kind of you're not pulling different social like tropes, trying to like call attention to them so much as just you're still presenting it. Again. So instead of like saying they had a new message with this one, they just kind of tell the old message with the shinier coat of paint. Right, right. And I think okay. that's while still like this is a really well-made movie, and he's a great director. But at the same time, I was like at the end, I was like, okay, this is very similar. And so there's kind of that argument we were presenting earlier with these other movies of just what did it do to really make it as a remake that make it a true, really good remake, solid remake versus the other ones. But I don't agree that it doesn't feel like Wes Craven influenced to some degree because Wes Craven, look at a movie like scream where that movie is it's cat and mouse the entire mm -hmm. time. This movie has a lot of cat and mouse moments. Um, it, it's, it's the same way they're playing games the entire time to, uh, to get them to come out of the RV, to just, just to mess with them just for fun. So it's a lot of cat and mouse going back and forth and in scream, the same thing happens. Like they, get into a room and two people are going to die you know Ghostface and uh, Blondie there gets her head crushed in the in the garage door I mean there someone in that room is about to be killed and um, that, I mean that's just that's that's my be. biggest problem with with a movie like this is because it's just it's it there's cat and mouse for the sake of being cat and mouse and then there's just gore for the sake of there being gore you know it doesn't seem like there's a a story I mean the original story is it's, it's the last house on the left story too. You know, it's it's sure. two. It's a family just put into the wrong place at the wrong time. Oh, but the last house on the left is all about getting that satisfaction. Of the, revenge, this revenge. Thing yeah. Of revenge, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but like, that, to me, that, like, there's this, this is 
Dibs is dibs is Oh, but we didn't even talk about revenge. Because oh, there's so much in this movie. Oh, there. Oh. Man, I would have said you would have won that entire thing if you'd spent half your time talking about him going back to the town and kicking the shit, shit out, out of those people. That's and so the dog. Awesome. It's so and awesome. the dog getting revenge. But you didn't bring any of that up. Yeah. The dog? too bad. That's the reason I own the movies for that whole stuff. Thanks, guys. I guess I lost. You guys really do bad. His entire sequence where he's fighting the dude in the house. Yes. He great. blasts through the wall. I mean, oh, you're helping, Brian. I don't know if you know. Hey, this. your timing's over. <laughs> yeah, this is off. I'm this talking off, after the clock. This is John's time now. <laughs> this is post. Go 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 go. go. John, oh, last but not least. So yeah, I like horror that um, does like it goes places, and it, it as far as our remake scenario goes, I like remakes that challenge the ideas that came before, try to do something new, put a different spin on it, and I think taking a B movie concept like uh, The Fly or things like. The blob and all that, and applying this, what you had for a second. Yeah, <laughs> and, and applying kind of the social structures of the era it was made is a really pot like a, that's what you that's the right way to do it. And I think Cronenberg did a really good job here, Just like Which movie? bringing in uh, the fly. There you go. Sorry, the fly, <laughs> the fly, fly, fly. Um, bringing in this this fear of technology, this uh, this idea of disease, aging, death, sex, and age, like the AIDS scare, and all that, like kind of. Bring, fusing this together, kind of like Brundlefly, fusing it together as a <laughs> as a, a lamest analogy. It, it is. It's a dad joke analogy. And such a, uh, <laughs> hashtag dad joke. <laughs> but bringing it all together is what really drew me into this. I haven't seen a lot of Cronenberg, but this is this one is like the one that really stands out out of the very few um, that I've seen, and I just really appreciate that it's bringing all these elements in together. Um, and the special effects are great like i wasn't i was kind of expecting it. it's gonna be gross it's gonna look really cheesy but then i'm sitting at the edge of my seat going like ah oh, i'm looking away as he's peeling the fingernail off i'm just like oh it's like dripping i'm like there's it's gross and i normally don't go for that but because everything else is kind of so up to the task thematically that i'm just like i'm kind of curious to see where this transformation goes and it just it was really kind of cool. i think what sells it probably the most is jeff goldblum like i liked his his charm his obsessiveness and he kind of telegraphs that he's going to be going down this dark path very quickly in the movie. And just to see him tra like transform, they did a really good job of just charting that path. And I think taking you know, something that's really a, like a really schlocky concept and just going this direction with it and fusing it with kind of an 80s darkness, I think is what makes it kind of one of the better remakes out of, out of the ones at the table, just in terms of its just yeah, ability to fuse all those together and just really challenge the idea of what you know the movie the fly is and give you just a new way to look at it and really kind of hang a lantern and like shine a spotlight on like the fears of the time and that's really the the biggest argument now for the next few minutes i'm just going to say jeff goldblum's name over and over again <laughs> <laughs> but now on a I'm listening. fighting by puking fighting by yeah. puking that was that was that was, that was, a, that was a, <laughs> get your foot <laughs> yeah that was a rough scene to watch and i was like ugh, ugh. i'm not easily grossed out but because of just how they shot it, how effective it was. It was like he's pulling his leg off and it's wiggling. His foot's wiggling as he's peeling off and the, the pus is just burning through. I was like horrified, but into it. Like it was, <laughs> and I think that's the reaction that a Cronenberg film is going to give you that you're horrified, but you're into it. And it's yeah. like, mm. there's also the scene, the arm wrestling scene where he tears the, the bone through. Mm -hmm. I was just like, I had seen it because of piecing the trailer together. So I was like, I already, I already knew it was coming. So I'm just like, uh, <laughs> and since I'd rented it on digital, it was like HD, and the sound was really oh. well done. So I'm like, uh, snap, uh, seven point uh, one. Uh, you know, like, Gosh, I really hope 
that your daughter's asleep when you're watching these movies. <laughs> yep, yep. She's just going to bed with. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I got your foot. What is daddy doing? I did have to turn it down because the air conditioning was on and I had it really loud. He screamed. I was like, oh God. Down. But yeah, there's just, oh, there's so much that was just, I was really impressed by. And I just keep, I, I keep coming back to the same argument of just what it did for what it was and just, oh, it's so gross, but so good. Mm. And I generally don't care much for like, super gross out like the the torture porn aspect i don't like and if it's just gross for gross sake like an arm snapping off uh okay fine some zombie movies that are modern can kind of fall into this like let's just tear everyone's arms off and it's like let's just be gross but this kind of feels like a, a, a creeping sickness something's like gross and it's falling off and it's like i don't know it, it just filled me with a great dread that i have not really encountered except maybe in like short stories horror fiction something that's like this creeping dread this infection this thing that's just taking over and you can't fight it. Like, I don't know, it felt very visceral in a way that, man, like, black and white 50s, like, you know, you're not getting that, but it's like, I think that's the biggest, the starkest contrast mm. for that. And that's really all I have. And then their hair. Gina Davis's hair and Jeff Goldblum's hair, I think his was better. Yes. <laughs> but no, they, yeah, no, they were fabulous looking in that fabulous 80s way. So it's like, of its time, too. I don't know. I, I, I really liked it. Uh, Ken, you come in. You come in short of the timer. Nice yeah. job, cutting it close. Um, uh, yeah, you kind of nailed all my questions. I'm just going to open it right up to to you guys to knock knock it down. This is going to be a hard one. I mean, it's obviously I mean, the fly. Yeah, Cronenberg's The Fly is one of the best horror movies from the '80s at all. You know, I mean, it's a very very well made movie. But I will always bring this up whenever I talk about The Fly. The main reason I don't watch The Fly and why I don't go back to it is not because it's too gross for me. That's fine. Yeah. Uh, I I cannot stand watching anyone peel their fingernails off in anything. Oh, it will yeah. always gross me out, and I think that's because I've had to peel a fingernail off once. You do it once, you never want to see it again. Uh, the pacing in the movie is great, 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 utter dog shit. Yep. Like, the movie could not fall apart worse than it does at the end. Like, holy shit. It's thematic it just, to his falling apart. I mean, I guess. But, I mean, it, like, it just goes off the rails in a way of just like, okay, what the fuck are we... Like, they're just yeah. throwing shit at the wall. Like, yeah. oh, shit, how much time do we have left in this movie? Ten minutes. Fuck. Uh, he's a whole fly now. That is such a common thing in, in remakes is like, well, I hope this was scary enough, but just in case, we're gonna th- the yeah. last ten minutes is gonna we're gonna throw some shit that doesn't make any sense. It, it just completely falls apart. Like the thing that was so great about the fly is watching Goldblum become the fly and like yeah. watching his inner turmoil of becoming Brundlefly mm-hmm. and like how he's dealing with it. And how he's like, oh yeah, and he's kind of excited about it a little bit. Where he's like, oh yeah, I get to. Uh, I can't eat food anymore. It turns out I have to eat like a fly, but that's okay. And he's yeah. kind of funny and kind of cool about it. But then at the end of the movie, it's just like, nope, now he's just a monster. And it just turns into this kind of boring monster film. What was such a great thing just kind of turned into... Well, like, it's, not, eh. it's, not an, it's not a superhero movie. I mean, at first it, it, is, it starts to go that direction. It's like, it is fun to be the fly. I have all these cool superpowers. And then the reality of it sets in where you're like, oh, it's also, this is not yeah, stopping. But, and this is about to become horrible. But and, it doesn't ever... Like, I don't think it ever hits that for me. I think it hits like just below that, like where like if it could go, if we could either see him be the villain in the movie for a little bit longer than ten minutes, like if it actually if it accomplished yeah. what it was setting up, all it did is like oh it's going to be okay, it's going to be okay, oh it's not, and it's over. Yeah, because the expectation of going in to see a monster movie in the first place is getting to experience the uh, the uh, just them being a monster. Yeah, for a while or it's like but is he a villain in this movie I don't think he's supposed to be a villain in this movie you think you're supposed to have like at the end when he puts the shotgun up to his own head I think you're supposed to be like 
really yeah. depressed for him. <laughs> which yeah, I, which I, I, I get, and that that's fine. But I kind of Frankenstein. It's like you know, it's that kind sure. of thing. There is those weird pulls from like yeah, Frankenstein. Just like the the, the monster got too far. It went All too right. far. Yeah. And to I, get into some negative things about this movie, I, I've been shitting on it this whole time. Yeah, I'm also defending it. Yeah. My biggest problem with this film, however much I enjoy it. The rewatchability. It's one of those films that I will always say I love. Do I want to rewatch it? No. That's really interesting. Like, because I respect everything that it does, but now whenever I rewatch it, I just feel bad that I'm putting myself through the grossness again. I'm like, I'm just waiting for the gross mm. things to happen, and I want them to be over, and I want to get to the good parts I enjoy, but then I'm like, no, there's just more gross things. I thought you were supposed <sighs> to say something bad about it right yeah, that's now. Not, that, that seems like it did something really well. I guess, thing was, but I didn't it, think it was to me, gross it just enough. makes it that I don't want to rewatch it. Like, it's... Like, I have, I kind of have that problem I, I th- with all of Cronenberg's films. Like, I really loved watching Naked Lunch. I never want to watch it again. See, my thing is, I don't think it's that gross. I'm, I, maybe I'm desensitized, but like, I, I, when I saw it as a kid, I'm like, that's the grossest thing ever. And now I watch it, I'm like, eh. I think, like, I think the, it's the, that body just, horror. The yeah. way body he does horror. it, it's yeah. so, it's so. He shoots it really visceral. well. Yeah. It's yeah. so visceral, like with the fingernail, and you feel like it's happening. It's one of those things when you feel it and your body reacts to it. Yes, that is a very good thing in cinema, but for a rewatch, it's like, do you want to do that to yourself again? Well, and you're already primed because in the movie, the first half of the movie, like the beginning of the movie is so like sexual and like steamy and like smoldering that Gronenberg. Yeah, you're you're well, I was you're kind of Jeff Goldblum. And Gina Davis. Yeah. Oh, they smolder. Gina Davis is a good-looking woman. Oh yeah. yeah. No, they pull you in and make you feel like excited and like or, like intrigued and want to see more and then like it gets gross and now you're like you're juggling these two thoughts these two feelings these conflicting feelings of gross i don't know it also reminded me of clive barker too in, in a way and like a lot of his fiction mm-hmm. too where it's like it's gross and sexual mm-hmm. and you're gonna enjoy it kind of not <laughs> yep i I, th- I really i'm gonna keep jumping back to the same thing if it really wasn't for how much i hate where it goes uh-huh. and it's not like i hate where it goes because i can't handle it i just hate it because i feel it's kind of like uh they they, they they pull their punches maybe yeah it's like pulled punches or it's pulled punches it's a little bit of just like it's not going like it, it made me a promise that it didn't fulfill mm-hmm. and I, I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing but it makes it where kind of like chewy says i don't want to rewatch it but for no. a different reason maybe said. that's one of the reasons because it's such a great process of leading up to it. it's a great storytelling that when you get to the end and then it's just a gore fest yeah that it is yeah. it's disappointing in a way that is Horrifying. different type of horror i just want to <laughs> <laughs> i got it oh the highlights fantastic the, the busted tips <laughs> the horror busted <laughs> 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 tips hey, we never got trouble our- fusing music ever in our show <laughs> that's gonna be the one time <laughs> now you can't show us show, I'm so happy <laughs> can't use this entire episode it's <laughs> all trash now it's in context guys yeah. it's fine yeah. Yeah. that was good no I, I don't know if that helped or hurt um your music choice yeah, yeah my music choice <laughs> our arguments against it actually um Anyone have any... So, do we do f- closing statements? How do we end this thing? It's up to you, man. Let's do closing statements. Everyone gets 30 seconds to just drive home to me why you have the best horror movie on the table. We're just going to go uh, in order around. Sean, you first. Sure. Amityville Horror. True story. True, true story. I mean, it's... That's why it's scary. Honestly. It kind of looks like jazz hands, but... <laughs> I, as you, if, but it's, it's the, the iffy hands. Or jazz hands. Yeah, but... Yeah, or caffeine addiction. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. True 
true story, guys. True, kind true of story. Fargo. Fargo. Fargo is definitely a true story. <laughs> Air quotes. True story. <laughs> That's a true place. Amityville's real. That's a true place. It's, I, I think it's a, the closest thing to a true story at this table, and that's okay. my defense. Right. Justin? Uh, I mean, for me, it's the most... Hills have eyes. End of the day, this is the most graphic, most uh, visceral, most nasty movie on the table in terms of everything. And then in terms of its remakeability, probably the most necessary. I would give you that. Brian? Uh... Night of the Living Dead from 1990, it takes what was already known as the best zombie film ever and actually does the impossible by improving upon it and making it now the best zombie film ever. And it has the most badass leading woman in an era where not a lot of badass leading women were around. Wonderfully gross body horror with Jeff Goldblum and his hair. and <laughs> He might win for Jeff Goldblum alone. And mm. just an amazing way of shaking a B-movie concept and applying some social issues of the time to it. And uh-huh. A look at disease and aging and death. Chewy? John's is unfair because he has somebody that goes beyond all like sexual orientations. Say anything about John? His time's um, up. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, for my movie, it's it is a remake that took a very campy movie and tried held on to the camp while still making a serious movie where you are generally concerned for the main character's well-being, and that is a such a balancing act that so many movies fall. That's fair. Oh, that's going to be a tough one, you guys. You got, you all had really good arguments. Um, Amityville Horror, I, I like that you brought up how it pulled from the original source material better. Um, I like that you, you know, I, I liked everybody who brought up the improving upon the visual effects. To me, that's always part of a horror movie. The awesome kills. Justin, you brought up a lot of kills, a lot of gruesome parts. So did, uh, so did John. Brian, you brought up how it improved upon the original, which I thought was really strong. Chewie, you just kind of pitched me the best film. I'm going to give it to Chewy. Damn. Wow. <laughs> You're the night. one that made me believe I actually need to watch the remake. Woo! <laughs> the whole table. You really need to watch Night of the Living Dead. I think I've seen all of these movies like in, in the time and you know I don't know if I cared about them enough. I didn't watch them again recently because I didn't want to be biased by what was actually the better movie. <laughs> I really was not Which, expecting you to vote for me. I honestly think probably John's The, the Fly is the, the one that became more iconic than the original which is uh, there's a yeah. lot to be mm-hmm. said for that yeah mm-hmm. i think we can all agree but you can't yeah, just yeah. lean on jeff goldblum for your whole defense Sorry, <laughs> but what if we want to physically <laughs> that's greatly encouraged i mean i will say that uh, i've watched all these this week and i i, I was surprised by how much i actually enjoyed all of them because i i saw image of a horror in theaters and i said that's a steaming pile of garbage mm-hmm. and, <laughs> and, and my rewatch i was like I, I was a little harsh. Oh, <laughs> In 2005, I might have been Please, a little too harsh. It's I don't the think it's the greatest movie. Of me. I yeah. loved it the first time I saw it, but not after. Not loved I, it I, both I, times. I've seen it more than two times, it, actually. I it, really have. I've only it's just a very once. well-made movie. I don't think it's the. I don't think it's the greatest movie in the world. It's really shot. It's, it's really shot well shot. It's really pretty. I think the the, the monsters scenes, yeah. and like the lighting and of that. Since, of since that I, reverend since is I already won. <laughs> I will bring up the one big default in my film that oh, you guys brought up. That it, it's the day for night it's thing. T- not that. <laughs> <laughs> when, you do, that when you do watch this, um, it was shot in 3D and advertised as a 3D movie, and it does have a few moments I in see. it where it's like, oh, 3D. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, when we were still doing my Bloody Valentine 3D, that's the only thing I was going to harp on the entire time Ryan was talking. <laughs> oh yeah, taking off the table. <laughs> yeah, we cut it. We cut out my movie. It was Just to be so, my Bloody Valentine yeah. 3D. Yeah. I, my only argument was going to be 3D. <laughs> so when you guys <laughs> that would have been 3D. Fun. Like, yeah, damn. Oh my god. Just forgive the 3D moments because they're still pretty cool yeah. in the not 3D watching. 
3D. Yeah. Uh, okay, so uh, that's it for the battle, and that's it for our horror month. We survived. We're all the final. We did. We did our three year budget, and then we did our remake. For you listeners at home, I'm taking my fingernails off right now. (laughs) We are all the final girls. I'm (laughs) vomiting. Oh, if none of you guys seen that movie, just to throw it in there right now, it's a pretty good movie. Final Girl. Final Girl. Final Girl is a good fun fun Mm. movie. It's okay. There's a movie uh, Final what? Girl and there's a show Final Girls and they're totally unrelated. Yeah. I've never yeah. seen Thomas show. Middlechurch is really funny in Final Girl, but that's okay. That's okay. Uh, okay, so we're gonna do a final round of plugs and then we're gonna get out of here. So Justin, where can people find your Hayrack ride and all that sort of stuff? Uh, so we are the LA Honda Hayride, we are New York Honda Hayride, and uh, you can find us online either at those.coms or you can find us at 1031productions.com. Come on out before Halloween is over. We are in Griffith Park's Old Zoo and we are on Randall's Island in New York City. I literally just got the 10th. I just thing. got it too. <laughs> <laughs> ah, it's Halloween. It's all spelled out Holy too. Holy so. shit. Okay. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> That's a weird random number. Yeah. Yeah. I, was like, I don't know why I went to oh I guess goodness. he just needed to pick somebody's up. address yeah. growing oh. up. Oh, oh Halloween. Just all clicked. Well done, guys. Oh, man, we all lost. <laughs> uh, Sean? Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, so, uh, yeah, SeanCarneyMusic.com and at SeanCarneyMusic, Instagram, uh, Twitter, Facebook. Check it out. Perfect. Uh, when you do the Carol thing, are you going to be like draped in like velvet and I, I bells sure and things? Oh yes, <laughs> <laughs> like I've been using the full get up Dickens, Dickens style. Yes. Yes. I, I approve of that. Straight up Dickens. Fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a great name for a. Uh, That's a Carol. Carol. You don't have a name for the show. Yet. Straight yeah. Dickens. Oh, that's 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 amazing. amazing. A jolly good, the jolly good Dickens. Uh, okay, so you can follow us again on Facebook at After the Hype, ATH underscore podcast on Twitter and everywhere else is ATH podcast. Email us at ATH podcast at gmail.com. Thank you so much for everybody listening. What's on next week? Uh, I don't know. I think next week. No, you do know. Oh, yeah, next week. Holy shit, I'm an idiot. <laughs> next week we are talking about Marvel Civil War, uh-huh. a- a- a.k.a. Captain America 3, and we have a very, uh, very serious discussion planned. Oh, it's yes, going to be it's gonna be real serious. <laughs> Super serious, guys. Super serial. Super serial. Uh, so rate and love us on iTunes. Download iTunes. Download wherever you want. We appreciate it. Thanks again for everybody. Thank you. Bye.